So a few things that we do is, and especially during COVID, we've been offering emergency food. We offer monthly diapers, wipes, toiletries. We have a clothing giveaway every month where families can come and get free changes of clothes for them and everyone in their family. And then we do offer um, some financial assistance. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Brenna Ramos and Caitlin Hall with Hand in Hand. At Hand in Hand, they know families step out of crisis when they're given support, hope, and opportunity. It's their purpose to provide all three for the many children who cross their threshold. And for 10 years, they have lived and breathed this purpose, working in tandem with exceptional community partners, donors, and volunteers. Welcome, Brenna and Caitlin from Hand in Hand. Thanks so much for joining us today. For having us. Thank you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Hand in Hand and the work that you do? Yeah, of course. So Hand in Hand is a nonprofit organization located here in Everett, Washington. And we serve families and youth all throughout Snohomish County in a variety of ways. We have our Safe Place Emergency Shelter. And then we have our outreach program. So we can talk a little bit about each program and of what falls into those programs. So Safe Place is a shelter and it, we provide 72-hour emergency care for children that are initially entering the foster care system. And at Safe Place, we're able to create a supportive environment for the youth as they're transitioning into foster care. It's a really hard time and we just want to be able to provide them the support and care that they need and deserve. And this also allows time for the families to access resources that they need to be reunified as well. Walk me through. The one thing that we always hear about foster kids is like sometimes they're taken in the night, they get a black garbage bag with all their (laughs) stuff, and then they come to Safe Place. Is that the idea? Yeah. So when a child gets to Safe Place, the first thing that we do is we usually resource them. They get new clothes, they get a blanket, they get a backpack, and we kind of show them around the house. And usually while that's happening, the other person on shift is filling out paperwork with um, the social worker. And then from there, um, it all kind of depends on what the child wants to do. If they're hungry, of course, we'll eat. If they want to play games or if they want to go outside, depending on the time of the day, it's really kind of up to what the child wants to do. And we're just there to have fun with them and love on them during their stay. And they have 72 hours with you before they either what go home or go to a foster family? Yeah. So they have 72 business hours and... So their social worker will find them their next placement. Um, It could be returning home. It could be going to a relative or it could be, yeah, going to a um, foster home. And the purpose is kind of to give them a soft landing after kind of having a trauma. Yes, exactly. And do you have volunteers at the safe house? Yeah, we do. Um, Our volunteers are, they're amazing. They are required to do one shift per month, but most of them are messaging us to do as many shifts as they can in their free time. (laughs) So our volunteers are, they're great. If someone wanted to volunteer, they would just go to your webpage? Yes, which is www.handinhandkids.org. 
They could also um, visit us on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. We always share when we're having an upcoming volunteer interest meeting. We hold those monthly. Mm -hmm. um, we've been able to do that over Zoom. And it just provides anyone who wants to volunteer with the opportunity to learn about the different ways they can volunteer if they're interested in kind of doing a little bit of everything or you know, being more on the outreach side versus the safe place side or vice versa. And so we keep our Facebook page updated and it's a great place for us to just, we can receive a message and answer questions or whatnot, but it always gives people the opportunity to register and prepare for our next volunteer interest meeting too. Oh, that's so great. Now, how has COVID affected what you do in any way? Have you seen any big differences? Yes, actually we have. It has been it has been really busy, and we have remained open through this entire time. And it's been, for, for many people, for everyone, really, it's been a really difficult transition. Um, but being able to stay open through this has really allowed us to build more relationships within our community. And we've been able to offer basic needs support and emergency shelter for so many people in the community. And the numbers of individuals and families and youth served has really increased over this time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting, especially with the kids not being in school and not having teachers to report and that type of thing. Yeah. Yes. It, well, when the stay-at-home order was lifted, mm -hmm. that is actually when the number of children entering foster care increased because of the mental and physical impacts that COVID-19 had on so many families, mm -hmm. the children entering foster care, that number increased by 120% actually based oh. on, yeah, compared to pre-COVID. Mm, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's because the stress of the family and the stress of them being home? There's a lot. Most of the cases were due to neglect, mm. but it really was just because of the impacts that COVID-19 had on families, both mentally physically, emotionally, financially as well. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, definitely. I know friends of mine that are teachers, that's been their biggest concern is that at mm -hmm. least a lot of these kids that are in difficult homes had school to go to. And with the COVID, mm -hmm. then they didn't even have that. Now, uh, tell me yeah. about your outreach program. Yeah. So Hand in Hand's outreach program provides support services to children and families in Snohomish County. We do that through a variety of ways, but we mainly meet the family wherever they're at and we try to assess the different needs that they have because not every family or every individual has the same needs. And so it's important to us to meet with them and kind of develop that relationship and see where they might need extra support. So a few things that we do is and especially during COVID, we've been offering emergency food. Um, we offer monthly diapers, wipes, toiletries. Um, we have a clothing giveaway every month um, where families can come and get um, free changes of clothes for them and everyone in their family. And then we do offer um, some financial assistance. When you say family support, I'm wondering to the foster family or kids that maybe families that are uh, working to keep or get their kids back, is there a qualification or how does that work? There's not necessarily a qualification. Since within the outreach program, we also do a bunch of um, community events. We do know a lot of families in the community that don't have 
DCYF involvement, but then we also do see foster families or families with DCYF involvement, and we're able to support them with things as well. Okay, and DCYF, do you want to tell us what that is? Yeah, that's Department of Children, Youth, and Families. And that's the new name, right, for CPS? Um, Yeah, CPS and DSHS, and I think they may have broke off. I'm not entirely sure, though. <laughs> yeah, I know that it was a, it was January two years ago that it happened because I was working with uh, Lutheran Community <laughs> Services at the time as a foster parent recruiter. And I have cool. grandkids that are foster adopt. And it's been so interesting. I think that it's so interesting to me that the things that people say because they don't know, you know, about kids. And I know for COVID, that's when uh, foster kids, whenever there's a trauma, then that's when they get moved. So I know for my grandkids, even though they're adopted, they know they have a last name and they're reminded of it. They yeah. Every time something shifts, they, they in their back of their head, they're not saying it out loud, but there's something in them going, uh-oh, we're going to move. They're going to give us up. And I know that that's yeah. just been such a struggle. So I, that's why I was concerned about COVID and how it's affecting, um, you know, the foster families as well as other families. And it sounds like at least now um, the word is getting out so kids can actually be um, helped or rescued. Yeah. We've remained flexible during this time. Like I said, we know that the needs of different families vary. Um, And so just remaining flexible and um, being able to fluctuate has um, has been pretty natural for us. That's great. So if someone wanted to volunteer, they could volunteer at the maybe at the the house but also there's lots of community interaction right yeah so we usually have kind of pre-covid we have a monthly event and that depends on what holidays are happening during the month sometimes we'll just do a family movie night in the community with popcorn and candy pizza and so volunteers are able to help us with those special events as well Great. And then once the child has come through for the 72 hours, do you see them again? Or is that kind of then they just move on and you've got new kids coming in? How does that work? Yeah, um, unfortunately, most of the time we do not see the children again. We don't have contact with them at all. So that's both difficult and kind of sad. But with their time with us, I think that's very rewarding. It seems like it, the impact of the trauma they're experiencing and then get to kind of land softly, get gifts, get things they need and be have people who truly are interested and care about them. That's got to do something for them rather than just showing up at a foster home in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing to just hear stories from our staff and volunteers and the experiences they have when they're spending time with the youth who enter safe place, it doesn't matter what they are experiencing. They still have joy and they still can see that we are happy to be spending time with them and caring for them and just being supportive of them and just where they're at. And there's always a little bit of joy when we get to spend time with these kids even though the situation is not ideal and it's a really difficult transition. 
I think that's the hardest thing with foster kids is that you try to love them when you get the chance, but they do end up getting moved. And even foster parents that love the kids and even want to keep them, sometimes that doesn't work out. So I feel like at least they're getting this place they can look back to. Now, what I'm curious about, and I'll ask both of you, Brenna, what brought you to Mm -hmm. this work? Um, So what brought me to this work, I was actually in school studying human services and the program I was in required an internship, and so I actually interned. Uh, my first internship was at Hand in Hand in the emergency shelter, safe place. And just ever since then, I just stuck on. So I stayed here all throughout getting my bachelor's degree, and I just really, I just love the work that we do. And do you guys have like a volunteer training? Yes, um, the requirements are different, and we do have like orientation and things like that. Okay. And then we also provide um, trainings throughout the year as well mm-hmm. that are specific to trauma-informed care as well as just practicing self-care, self-care and safety and just, just making sure that our volunteers not only feel supported by us but also prepared. Mm-hmm. And having those trainings, we also offer them, we offer some of them to the public too, which is really great because it uh, brings a lot of light on some things that, not really everybody knows about or is informed about. And so that's really awesome to be able to get to learn from and experience and talk about with others that do the trainings as well. That is so great because I feel like as a foster grandma and working with the foster care system that when children misbehave, it's easy for adults to react in a way they would with a child who hadn't been traumatized But when you do that with a foster child, that doesn't work. And so I feel like if people and teachers understand that more and can give them a little bit of grace just in understanding their reactions are different, maybe they look like someone that from the kids past or whatever. But I feel like the more people that understand that, the better it's going to go for these kids, especially in the future. Right. Yep. In our trauma-informed care training that we do, talks a lot about that. That's wonderful. And also, Caitlin, what brought you to this work? So I was going to school for public relations, and I was just kind of thinking about what I was going to do with that and what I could do and where my heart lied, and um, just kind of reflecting on my childhood and, and growing up. There were a lot of times that I wish. I knew more about resources within the community where I could find support and help. And I'm really lucky to have had a lot of mentors throughout my life. And they were able to kind of provide me with information on trauma that I was experiencing and just kind of guided me to make sure that I stayed on a path that was positive and that helped me to just be resilient to some of the things that I had faced. And so reflecting on that, I decided to get a minor in social services. And I really wanted to work for an organization where I could work in the communications department for it, but also feel as though the work I was doing came from a place of my heart that was really important to me. And so um, being able to be at hand in hand doing communications while also getting to learn more about social work and outreach and prevention and support and, like we said, trauma-informed care and whatnot, I really just feel like this is such a wonderful place to see all sides of each situation, to learn about full circle moments and 
to just really understand that no matter the walk of life people are going through, everybody is still deserving of hope and opportunity and support. And at Hand in Hand, that's what we do. I love that. It's all about dignity. Can you say more about mentors? You said you had childhood mentors, and I feel like that is such an important thing, not only for foster kids, but for all kids to have some sort of mentor or mentors in their life. Yes, I I agree completely. And, you know, the I had a people at different times in my life. Some of them were only in my life for a short amount of time, and others I still have a relationship with today. Um, but I think that, I think that what's important is really just being able to provide care and support for whoever you're working with and talking to. And I just feel like it's important to provide that care and support, no matter how long you're in a relationship with somebody building that. And so I think that, for example, with outreach and with safe place, whether we know the families or the individuals for a long time, or it's just for 72 hours with the youth that are in safe place, we're still able to provide that sort of mentorship by just being there for them. And like Brenna said, meeting them where they're at and just doing what we can to help them in that phase of their life. That is so beautiful. And I feel like a lot of people shy away from the word mentor because they feel like it's (laughs) either this huge commitment, but if they realized that it's just hanging out with a kid for an hour, throwing a basketball or reading a book, that it's not so much uh, the quantity, but that you're just focusing in on a child and giving them attention that they may never get, whether it's once a week, once a month or whatever, that that if people could realize that short-term, long-term, but just taking that time to either be in a program or if they're at school to help out, what a difference that makes. And I will add also the outreach program we have last school year and previous to last school year, um, we had a mentorship program and we um, would go during the students' lunch. um, So we would go to local middle schools and we just hang out with them during their lunch, talk to them about things that are going on. Um, We don't, um, you don't need to offer, you know, advice about everything. It's just like Caitlin said, just being there with them and hanging out with them, talking to them is it really um, makes an impact that I think a lot of people overlook. Do you, do you think that program will continue via Zoom if the kids don't go back to school, or is it just on a hold? So with the new online learning that's going to be happening in the fall for most school districts, um, we are adjusting and trying to plan for that. And so for Hand in Hand right now, it may look like small groups um, off campus. And so we're just trying to plan for that to make sure that we're still able to be there for those um youth that we already have in a a relationship with. Yeah, I feel like with COVID, because of it's isolated the kids and even, you know, they had this great mentor thing going, a lot of kids with whether it's big brother, big sister or through your program and suddenly they're home and they don't have access to the people that have been kind of there for them. Yeah, I think this provides an opportunity for new friendships and whatnot to begin because maybe there's going to be some kids who weren't interested in something like this prior to COVID. And because of the way their um, circumstances has changed, offering a a program that still allows them to just meet with people and talk with people and just be able to kind of feel like things are 
a little bit more back to normal. I think that that's going to be really awesome for them too and, and, and a new opportunity for them and for us and to just kind of have a good time even though things are kind of uncertain. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of companies and especially nonprofits have had to really shift the way they do fundraisers. And I know you have a big fundraiser coming up. So what is that going to look like and how can people get on board with you? Yes, we are super duper excited. So we are going to be having a virtual fundraiser this year. It's called Harvest of Hope and it's going to be October 20th. It's going to be free online and it's going to be just like an in-person fundraiser, except you can just watch it at home in your pajamas on the couch or look at it on your phone, whatever's most convenient for you. Um, we're really excited also because um, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year at Hands in Hand. And so um, we really just want to make sure that people know Hands in Hand is still here and we are so happy to have been able to build relationships within the community for the last 10 years. And so we're going to have some really inspiring stories that'll be shared at the fundraiser. And then we'll have a silent auction as well, which is going to be fun. And people can get involved by going online to our Facebook page. We have an event page there. And all you have to do is sign up, register, and then um, after you register, we will send you emails of any updated information and um, just make sure that you're updated as, as the fundraising date gets closer. And are you not only looking for people to come to the fundraiser and the auction, but are you looking for auction items? Like if somebody listening says, hey, I've got this thing I would love to donate. Is that is that something they could get in touch with you and do? Yes. Definitely. We are, we love building relationships within the community, not only just the community members, but also local business partners. And it's, it doesn't have to just be a donation. It could be a partnership or it could just be a gift certificate, a specific item. An experience is really great because when it's an experience, it can be for the family. Um, and so if they're interested in that, they can um, call our office to talk about it. They can also, just send us a message through Facebook. Really easy to get involved, and we would love to meet new people and talk about the ways that we can partner with them for auction items. The one thing I've really loved about Hand in Hand, and the reason I know about them is they're, they partner with my church. And what I love is how involved in the community they are. And this could be one of those things where it's the safe house and they're really isolated, but I love how they just reach out in the community and do all this stuff and are there for the kids and kids know who they are. And that's why I wanted to do this interview is I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you're there, what you're about and how they can support them. Maybe they're not a kind of person that might volunteer, but they can certainly donate money. And this is such a worthy cause. Yeah, thank you. And two, it's really nice when Sometimes we just randomly will have people that come drop off food donations or they'll drop off new clothing or toys or just things that things that we need that we can actually look at the person and, and talk with them about how they heard about us. And it doesn't just have to be money. It can be um, in-kind donations as well, too. But Hand in Hand has been able to distribute food boxes to over 800 families. So that's a big accomplishment wow. for us, and we're very proud to say that. We were able to 
provide 28 families with financial assistance to avoid homelessness. Wow. And over 600 families receive diapers, wipes, and toiletries. Which when you say wipes, I mean, that's like the hardest thing in the world, even though Clorox is what most of them, but even finding regular wipes was really difficult. Yeah, that's what we've heard a lot from families, too. We are just we're thankful for the support that we've received from the community, as well as partners that we already had, as well as other local businesses and organizations. It, it has been just outstanding, the flood of support that we've received. And without the support from our community, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do. And we just really look forward to the next 10 years and, and being able to reflect on, on what we can accomplish between now and then as well. If you were to sum up the whole hand-in-hand program in one word, I know this is tough. Brenna, what would it be for you? Wow. Um, I would have to say, I would say opportunity. Mm, I like that. And how about you, Caitlin? I think I would have to say hope Mm. because I think opportunity can provide hope and hope can provide opportunity. And Mm -hmm. we really try to provide that for our community. There's a book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Have you guys ever read it? No. No. It's one you might want to read. I think every young woman should read. But at the end, I'll just do a little spoiler alert. Gavin DeBecker, who is now national security, he uh, but in the day when he wrote the book, he was protecting movie stars. And he was asked to go into a prison and talk. After he was talking with the inmates, they said, because he shared his story, he had pretty rough upbringing. They said, how come you are in a suit on that side of the table and we're over here when we all had similar backgrounds, and that what he said is, it takes one person to care, a teacher, a coach. If there's one person who will reach out and mentor and support a kid who's struggling, that could be the difference between being on this side of the table and in jail. And that hit me so hard because (laughs) I feel like we all have a responsibility in some way, either to support financially or to become a mentor, our kids are our best resource. And pouring into them, be it love, money, however, is what is really going to change our world. Right. Yeah, that's enough I read this. Well, thank you for the work that you do. I love your commitment, and I know it takes a special person. For you guys, you're probably like, no, I just love it. But, you know, being around the industry, I really see it does take a special person to just unconditionally love children, and it's such a beautiful gift. And I'm just hoping for your fundraiser, your 10 years, you just go above and beyond, and you can just expand as much as you all want to in this field. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Lori Hardy, thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.